Bible. They took the Bible. It was about between 1,600 and 2,000 years to be written. About 40 authors throughout that time. Some of those authors never met. Some of those authors lived centuries before the others. However, the document that they wrote is in perfect unity and there is no contradiction. Why is that? Because they all wrote it, but they had the same source. And he made sure that they would write a perfect account of all the things that those who would seek to obey Christ and follow his example would be able to follow as the blueprint, the plan of how to get from earth to glory when it's all done. Another thing you'll notice about this book, um, and actually on Wednesday, we are studying the life of Jesus. We're studying the life of Christ um, through the eyes of Mark. We're studying it through the eyes of Mark, and one of the things we find out about uh, uh, in this particular book is that uh, Mark, Mark uses the word immediately. He uses the word immediately. It's a key word in this particular book, and it's telling us something about Christ. It tells us that Christ is a man who does, he was a man who was a servant. He was, he was one who did not delay in, in, in doing his father's will. Amen. He did not delay in coming to the service of God's children. He did not delay in the work because as we know, he started his ministry around the age of 30. And he Amen. died at the age of 33. Amen. He had about three years to, to change a whole world. Amen. And he changed the whole world by walking back and forth over a 90-mile stretch of the land in which he was born in. He and 12 men he first chose. And as they took that message forth, as God confirmed it with them. And, and, and it's a true testimony to the fact that if we'll stay focused, as the Bible says in Psalm 1, meditate on his word both day and night. If we'll do what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, which is look straight ahead, stay focused on God, don't look to the right or to the left. And everywhere, any, anything you do in accordance with his will will be successful. There is nothing that is insurmountable for God's people. It's important to understand that when it's in accordance with God's will. This is not about you saying, well, I feel like I should have this, and I feel like I should have that, and I feel like God should make it happen when I get ready for him to make it happen. God's will has nothing to do with your feelings. Amen. It's about what is best for you at all times, anytime. And he always has the perfect antidote for anything that plagues the mind, the body, and the soul. Which is why Paul can say, I'll be mastered by nothing except the Spirit of God. Amen. Well, so God's people are not people of, 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 who are enslaved to certain addictions and things in this world. They have addictions, but Amen. they can overcome those addictions Amen. by the power of God. Holy Spirit. If they'll just let the Holy Spirit through obedience to Christ work Amen. in their lives, he can make things happen that you Amen. thought not possible. But that same Bible tells us that with men, there are things that are impossible. Amen. But with God, all things are possible. If I may direct your attention to the, uh, the third chapter of this book, we'll find it's a short book, and Jesus was constantly on the move. He's always, as the young folks say, always on the ground. All the time that he has business to handle, he's got to get it done. And, his, and he said, my, when he came, he said, my bread is to do the will of my father. And imagine if we'll just take the same mindset, how much different your life would be. As we pick up reading in Mark chapter 3, and uh, I want to continue to encourage young men uh, uh, in, their, in their opportunity to serve and to read scripture and to lead the congregation. Uh, I'm going to pick up at about verse 31. And he says there, and, and, and just to harmonize this gospel so you get a full account of what's taking place, you may also, if you're taking notes, you might want to write down Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 through 50, and then also Luke chapter 8, 19 through 21. These are the same accounts, but it fills in uh, the full accounts so you're, you're able to better understand, even from a Gentile perspective, as, the, as, the, as, the, as, Luke, wrote, as Luke wrote. All right, so now in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, says, Then his brother, brothers and his mother came, standing outside. They sent to him calling, sent calling him, and a multitude uh, was sitting around him. And they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brother? And he looked around in the surface at those who sat about him, and he said, here are my mother and my brother. For whoever does the will of God 
is my brother and my sister and my mother. Now, some folks will look at that and say, Jesus is being awful hard. He's being awful harsh toward his family. But as we've been studying even on Wednesday, what we come to understand is this does not mean that Jesus loves his mother and brothers and sisters any less. What he is teaching, because Jesus is the example, he is the teacher. And everything he does becomes, and it would be good for us to understand that James chapter 3 says, James says, not many of you should seek to be teachers. Now, it's not that James is discouraging folks from being teachers. He's saying, but if you are going to teach, take it seriously. Because the moment you do that, every aspect of your life, as a Christian, every aspect of your life is watched anyway. But in, in, in ancient times, when a man came speaking certain wisdom, and he had certain insight, many would sit before him, and anything he said became gospel. And see, it says that those who teach also become judges of the law, and they will, and they will incur a stricter judgment. They will be held accountable for every single thing they teach. So it is a very serious, it's a dire responsibility. Amen. Just as it is to be a Christian. Christians, we speak, we teach not just in our words, but in our deeds as well. Amen. We're teaching even when we're not speaking. We're teaching in how we carry ourselves and how we deal with certain situations that come our way in life. We're always teaching. And what are we teaching them? We're always teaching people that the answer is in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right? And so, so Jesus is here in the middle of this house. And I need you to understand that originally, Jesus, uh, Jesus' brothers and sisters, they didn't, they didn't all, they, they, they didn't all, uh, they didn't all believe in him at first. Amen. Now, Mary knew who he was. And if you remember back when they went down to worship and they couldn't, and, and she couldn't find him. Amen. And then they went back, they had traveled three days Amen. and couldn't find Jesus. She went all the way back to the synagogue. And, and imagine somebody say, well, how can somebody be traveling for three days and not know where their own child is? But you have to understand that back then they traveled as a tribe. They, were, they, they, they traveled across deserts and they traveled as a family. And they were traveling very long lines of people as they went through the desert. And, and they were an extended family. They were a community, Amen. as the church should be. That means that no matter, like as we sit in here, if 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 if, uh, if Tymir was to get up and go sit next to one of the other sisters, the thing is, it's just it's not that he's left his mother; he's sitting next to another mother. Amen. Huh? Amen. In this community, everybody's a parent, everybody's a brother, everybody Amen. everybody takes responsibility for everybody. Amen. Huh? That means if you sick, I'm sick. You're struggling, I'm struggling. And I'm trying to do whatever I can through God to help you to get through it. Amen. There is no, I don't want to be bothered. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6, we ought to bear one another's burdens. Amen. We have burdens of our own to bear, Amen. but we also ought to help one another to bear burdens also. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 says this is part of the mind of Christ. Amen. That you consider others more important than yourself. Amen. Don't just look out for your own stuff. Amen. We'll look out for the good of others. Amen. See? So we ought to help one another. So that's what, when we moved, like when we were in uh, uh, Kentucky yesterday, the children were probably, guess what? They had a bunch of parents. It wasn't just, because I had the boys. So Amen. one of the girls were there, was like, get out of here. But it wasn't like I was going to have to look at the boys. If you fall in love with Alexander, was walking with us, right? And it wasn't like I was, I just got a, a responsibility for the boys. Now, Alex, if you fall in a hole, so be it. Oh. <laughs> no, because she she is part of we. Especially if she obeys the gospel of Jesus Christ and becomes a Christian, then she's bound by blood. But Amen. as long as she's amongst us, she is part of we. Huh? And I have to extend that same love and patience to her. But what was Jesus saying here? Jesus was saying this, that okay, his brothers and sisters, they didn't believe, but his mama, she came and found him at 12. Where was Jesus? He was in the synagogue as was his practice. Amen. Reading, he had just realized it was time for me to be about my father's business. Amen. Right? He's reading the scripture. She comes, she finds it. And now I'm paraphrasing. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but he said, he said, she comes and finds Where were you? You're looking for you all way. Where were you? He said, did you not understand? It was time for me to be about my father's business. And can't you see a lot of people? Come on here, boy. Have me worry. I, was, I ain't fussing all the way. Believe me, I knew about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sister, that was, you know, 
So, <laughs> boy, who is looking at the second impact? Looking for you everywhere. Couldn't find you. Just come on. But when he said this to her, she kept those words in her heart. Amen. It helped her to understand that my son is coming of age. And he's moving now into the position in which he was born for. Amen. Because she was a virgin who received a message Amen. from an angel that said, you're going to have a child. Amen. His name would be Emmanuel. God with us. Amen. And at some point, he's going to step out. Amen. And he's going to have to do what his father would happen to. Amen. Does that make sense? So he said, okay, he went along with it. Now that's a lesson, children. Now, when mama's looking, daddy's looking, they come and they find you, and they, sometimes they just, they, they, they're upset at the moment just out of pure concern. That's not the time to be arguing back and forth with them. Know at that moment they are just upset because they were concerned, they didn't know where you were, they thought that you were lost, something could have happened to you, anything. So that's not the time to be like, can't do nothing, can't go nowhere, you can't talk to nobody. That's not the time for that. It's time for you to take responsibility for the fact that you weren't responsible. Huh? And I've upset my parents who were charged by God to watch over me. So it's not the time to go back and forth and make the stress level higher. It's time to say I was lost, but now I'm found. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to go on with my mama and my dad. Huh? Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6 that you are to honor your mother and father. Huh? You want to make the, late, the, the, the days long on the earth? You want to make their days long on the earth? Don't worm them. Do, 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 do what they ask you to do in accordance with God's will. You understand? Amen. Jesus taught us that at 12. So he goes on. But see, years later, about 18 years later, now he's like, it's time for me to get this work done. And he's going and he's preaching. And we see that they have problems with the faith. Because if you look at Mark 3, when you look at Mark 3, verse 31, it literally says there, it says that, uh, it says, then his brothers and his mothers, they standing outside. Because see, they went down. When they went down to get him, and you can read this in Luke and also Matthew, they went down, the, the Greek says, to, in a sense, apprehend him, to arrest him, to stop him. Because essentially, because this is when Jesus had come home. And we thought about this Wednesday. Jesus, Jesus, he came home to a place where he couldn't have no peace because the multitudes who were following him were so many. Amen. He didn't even have time to eat so many people were following him. What does that tell us? Jesus knows what it's like not to be able to have space and time enough to even eat. Amen. To even rest. Jesus knows. Remember, he was 100% divine and 100% human. Just like man. So, and then and his own family didn't even necessarily support him or believe in him. Jesus knows what it's like to be at home, to be around the people who you know best, and he knows how to, how, what it feels like to not have support from those who, who supposedly love you, respect you best. He knows what that's like. Amen. He knows what it's like to be alienated amongst his own people. Huh? Because sometimes we go through things and feel like, don't nobody understand. I'm telling you, Jesus understands. Amen. Bible tells the Hebrews that we have a high priest who, who, can, who can relate to everything that we've gone through, but yet was found without sin. Amen. Huh? Amen. So, so he knows it's not like to not have support. He knows it's like to go without food, to be fatigued, to be tired mentally, physically, and spiritually, and have no friends that anybody seemingly on the same page he knows. Amen. So then he goes down to this house, he starts to preach it, and mama, out of concern now, that, that was different when she was 12. But now it's grown. Amen. The message now. See, mama, you, there's a certain concern that you have for the boy when he's 12. And a whole other concern you're supposed to have when he's 13. Amen. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Amen. You can't, you don't treat a 30-year-old man. Like he's 12. Amen. Why do you think we have so many growing up boys walking the street right now? Amen, huh? Because they haven't been allowed to grow up and take responsibility. There's still mama's boys walking around. Expecting every woman that they come in contact with to treat them like mama. 
Don't you understand? That's an impossible pair of shoes Amen. to put that woman in. <laughs> Nobody will ever be like mama. Amen. And you don't, you can't love her. You can't treat her like you treat mama because mama loves you unconditionally. And there's a different kind of love between you and mama Amen. than there is between you and that woman that you call your wife. That's a different kind of love. Amen. And the two should not be confused. Amen. Or else you end up raising a 30-year-old boy and you might already have four children by the boy and he's the fifth. <laughs> and the man is to be treated as the first. Amen. Jealous and immature. See, there comes a time when you have to hand them over to God's case. And let him do them the growing. Let him do the maturing. If you don't believe me, ask Hannah. Hannah was barren. She said, if God will give me a child, I'll give the child back to him. Amen. She took that boy back down and left him with the prophet. And then every time after that, she would go down to see him. She would take him a, a linen ephod. She would check on him. But she would go back home. Amen. She didn't say this. Like, is she eating? Is she is she getting to, I mean, is she, I mean are they being mean to you, Daddy? Because I can talk to somebody. Bless the Lord. <laughs> no, no. He was in the care of God's man, and Amen. he had to be trained for his purpose. Amen. Just like those three boys right there, they have to be trained in God's way. Just like that young man right there has to be trained in God's way. Amen. And at that point, it's time for Mama to step back. Amen. And let God step in. That's what happened with Timothy. Amen. Timothy's daddy was a Christian. His mom and his grandmama had raised him to a certain point, but then Paul came and finished the rest of his, his, his education Amen. in Christ Jesus. And that's first Timothy and second Timothy, that same Timothy that was properly mentored and trained and taught. Huh? Bless the Lord. Huh? So there, so he's down in the house and they say, come on, come on, James, come on, let's go down there and get your brother before he makes himself sick. Huh? Before he makes himself sick. And I'm going to tell you all a picture of that. Because now, if you take your, you take your notes now, if you take your notes, I want you to, this, this is part of the lesson, but whoever does the will of whom, his father, all right? We'll come, we'll come back to that, all right? And not just by eye service, but we're going to come back to that. Alright? But see, let, 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 let's draw a picture of this. Alright? We're going to draw a picture. I want you to see exactly what's taking place. Alright? We got this. We got this house right here. That's that house right here. That's Jesus. He's in that house. He's just a teaching, just a teaching, just a teaching. And the multitude, the multitude is all around him, right? Because they want to hear it. They want to hear it. Never before have they heard a man speak like this. Because his very word caused me to burn within. And they pull me and they, they, and they provoke me to do something better than what I'm doing. Never before. This is why these, they, 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 these folks left their job. Huh? When Jesus came through preaching, people stopped their work, followed him for three days without food. Amen, brother. Amen. Wasn't worried about working. Amen. They said, I ain't heard nobody. His words became their brand. Amen. His words became their sustenance. His words became their, their every provision, and, and they trusted Jesus. See, faith is just not mere intellectual assent. Amen. Can everybody understand that? Amen. Faith is just not saying, oh, I believe in him. That's nothing unless that faith is demonstrated through your obedience. Because, see, you can say it and still be lost. You've got to demonstrate it. Huh? And they demonstrated it when they heard that man and they just followed him. And that word belief, the word faith, what it means is, it means to trust in. It means to adhere to. It means to rely on Christ Jesus. Amen. Huh? That means they wouldn't worry about food, they wouldn't worry about their pockets. Because they said, this man, Jesus, that we follow, he's full of grace. Amen. He's full of mercy. Amen. And he's full of compassion. Amen. Something about what he's saying lets me know that I'm going to be alright. Something about what he's saying. I don't know, but it's something about it. And that's when Jesus got a little ways after three days. He turned back and he felt compassion for the people. He looked at his apostles and said, now feed them. Amen. The apostles, see, they hadn't got to the spiritual place yet, right? Amen. So what did the apostles do? They reached their apostles. We ain't got that kind of money. 
Won't you just send them home or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to see them win.
So, so, so here they come, right? Here they come. And see, he says, you got to, he says, you got to love me more than you love anybody. Amen. The one who loves mother, brother, sister more than me is not worthy of me. Amen. He says, I've sold you how much you mean to me because I died for you. Amen. I give, I'm giving up everything I am for you. You're that important. You're priority number one on my list. So somebody who won't come to me put me first, then I worthy. You can't love nobody. He says, so guess what? Don't put your biological relationships before spiritual relationships. Amen. Huh? James said, friendship with the world, enmity toward God. Amen. The more you run after the world, the farther you get from God. Amen. The more you run after the world, the farther you get from the permanent answer chasing temporary answer. Amen. Huh? Y'all don't see that? I need you to see that. So this is what happened. They come through the crowd, they're like, that don't make no sense. That's my son, and I'm his mom. You know what? I ain't going no farther. Come here, come here. Go in there. Tell Jesus his mama and his brothers are out here. And tell him to come out here. Now, man. You know what that's called? I'm going to tell you what that's called. That right there. Right there. Some people call it a mother's privilege. <laughs> what it is, is uh, entitlement. That's entitlement. See, when you're entitled, you feel like uh, some of the rules, but not all the rules, apply to you. Huh? I'm his mama. I ain't got to go through all this to see him. That's my son. He can come out here. He can stop what he's doing long enough to come talk to me. But she forgot what he said. When he was 12, he told him, Amen. Did you not understand he did not. that I must be about my father's business? Amen. Mama, I've given you 18 years. Amen. Now it's time for me to serve God. Mama, Amen. thank you for 18 years. Mama, thank you for all the love. Thank you Amen. for all the food. Thank Amen. you for everything you've done. But I've got to serve my father now. I've got to do it. And sometimes, see, family, biological family, they don't have the same understanding when it comes to spiritual things. Amen. If they haven't given their lives to Christ, they can't see it. So they just think, oh, oh, so you're better than me now. <laughs> no! I just learned that once you know better, you ought to do better. Amen. Huh? So they send that boy in there. And Jesus is in there, and you think Jesus stops it? Hold on, y'all, hold on. My mama want me. I got to get Hold on. No, sir. No, man. He kept on preaching. He kept on preaching. Amen. Huh? And he said, I'll tell you what. You tell my mama. See, here's the thing. See, because what you got to understand, because many people in that world then, and even now, they tend to focus on material things. Amen. And there was a woman in the crowd who said, bless it. Uh, blessed are you, Jesus, and the womb that bore you. Jesus said, blessed are those, truly blessed, are those who hear the will of my Father and do it. It's not about the womb, and it's not about Mary. Because Mary is a woman just like you. And Mary is a woman just like you who need her soul saved too. There is no blessed mother Mary. She was just another woman. Who needed her soul saved too. So what it's showing you is if Jesus didn't even see his biological people as different, if he didn't put them before the will of God, how can any of us? They needed his mama and brother needed to be right in there too. Huh? But they stopped. He said, He said, Who are my mother and brothers? I'm gonna tell you who they are. Those that hear the word of God. To hear the word of my father and do it. These are my true family. You see? His spiritual, Jesus' spiritual family far supersedes that of his physical family. Because all power and hope is in that. So let me, well, let me show you something. You say, well, but, 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 but wasn't they sincere? Sure. Sure. But see, and see, sometimes when we're out here, you know what matters most to us? Whatever's on our mind at the time. They might be like, is that important enough for Jesus to stop teaching? Well, to them it is. You know how you get the calls from some of your relatives? Every call is an emergency. 
You can't live on emergency mode all the time. We're not built that way. See, they call it all of their emergencies, they expect to be your emergency. Well, guess what? You can't live life that way. Because you got a life to live. Their emergencies sometimes come from simple negligence. They haven't handled their business and you got a conflict. Then I take it now. Then I take it. It comes a time when that boy, when he make a mess, he got to clean it up on his own. Mama can't always come in riding trying to save the day. Not the, not the son and not the daughter. At some point, how do you think they're going to find their own faith and get their own legs? How do you think they're going to really learn what the Lord is about if you're always in the way? There's some knocks on the head they got to get. Some bumps and bruises they need to have. Those bumps and bruises so they can learn who truly heals. God Almighty. But as long as you're in the way, them things think you understand. Yeah, they hear you saying Jesus is the Savior, but the one they see as the Savior is my own hand. Huh? And you don't want a child growing up like that. They grow up immature. They grow up scared of responsibility. They grow up always making messes, never cleaning them up. They grow, they grow up very self-centered, self-absorbed, thinking about themselves all the time, thinking everybody is there to serve them, thinking the world revolves around them. And part of that is your fault. Because you don't know over them too long. You should have stepped out the way. I know, I know, I know, I know it's hard sometimes. Mama see, see, see father playing with the son and father throwing through a wall. <coughs> <laughs> and she oh, Jesus, he, he all right? <laughs> Daddy, big one, he all right? He ain't doing nothing to hurt First of all, come on. Uh, because there's a certain type of thing that's going on there that mama, you don't know nothing about. You don't understand that. There's a certain kind of bonding there that's taking place. Then you might hear him talking to his son a certain way. And you say, man, you got to talk so hard. No, he's talking so that boy understands where he's coming from. You got to let that boy know that all that stuff you're doing, son, ain't cute. Amen. Ain't never going to be cute. You need to move. You need to move. When I say move, you move like yesterday. Not, and, and that woman you're looking at, she was my wife before she was ever your mother. And you never come between us. That's the divine order. Children don't belong between mama and daddy. Mama and daddy take care of each other, then they take care of the baby. If mama and daddy don't take care of each other, then what of the baby? Huh? I'm trying to show you this what God said now. And the children don't be a, and children don't become an excuse not to deal with each other. Not to deal with the issues. Because it will manifest itself at some point, I promise you that. You understand what this about? So the point is, the point is, look, when he's talking to that boy, and believe me, I know, because people say to me all the time, how many times is he going to hurt them, baby? Huh? I'm dead for about 30 seconds. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, yesterday, a couple times. Nick! Come here, boy. Stand right there. When I step, you step. If I stop, you stop. You move, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and the next bit there, he looked. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a couple times. I said, because he, he had, this, had, this, had this need to just run off. I said, boy, who did you tell you was going somewhere? Well, 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 no, over here. You stay here. You don't move unless somebody knows who you are. It's you, Shane, and Trey. You don't move. Trey, Trey, Trey's response is always, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's slow motion. <laughs> Trey hear everything in slow motion. You can be talking fast, he don't hear us. I figure that's why he moves so slow, because he hear everything. Said, Paul. <laughs> then Leslie said, what is it? What are you doing there? What I say to you? God says the same thing. Because guess what? When Jesus comes, 
You can't say what my friend said, my daddy said, my mama said. He's going to say, what did I say to you? And what's your answer? And I, as I told Nick, don't give me a response. Don't give me a response. Because you don't have an excuse. You knew not the movie did it anyway. I don't want to hear anything. None of your explanations are going to work. He even had to put Alexander on pause a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. She goes, oh. I stuck it in all that wind. Just push her bottom lip. <laughs> so my point is, there's a time when we've got to give over to the truth. And look, guess what? Entitlement's not going to get you there. Thinking you owe something because nobody owes you anything. This world, the baby just, the world owes you nothing. The world doesn't owe you anything because you're cute. Because guess what? You get out there long enough, you find out you ain't that cute. There's somebody who looks better and can do better. Find humility. It is better to go into a feast and have the master of the feast ask you to come up to the top seat rather than for you to come in and presume you would, you belong in the front seat and he come in and say, you got to move down. Amen. You need to come in with humility. Amen. So here it is. So they don't come. And guess what? Jesus said, this family is better because you know why? Why? Because they obey. Huh? Because they hear. Huh? Because they confess. Because they, 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 they ain't here. They want to change. So what is this out here? This is what this becomes. There are many people, were they sincere? Yes. There are many sincere people out here. There are many sincere people out here. Amen. Very sincere, very sincere, very sincere, very sincere, very sincere. But guess what? They wouldn't go all the way. Amen. They stopped and felt like I should be all right right where I'm at. I'm going to tell you what those are. Those are all your modern day churches. You see, in, in AD 33, there was only one church that started. But along the way, people start saying, I hear what you're saying, God, but I just feel like, I feel like we ought to be able to do it this way. Now you divide, now you split off from the word. And when you split off from the word, it's called God's word, it's your word. And if Jesus, no, no, Jesus, Jesus is right here. Jesus is not there. He's not there. He's not there. Not there. Not there. You know why? Because he never intended for all of this. He only intended there to be one little old house. Where he preached that truth and everybody who wanted it came for it. One spot where Jesus is, that's where it is. And what he said is from the Old Testament to the New Testament, that house now was going to become, guess what? It was going to become the open, receptive heart of those who let Jesus come in and live. The church is the place where everybody comes. The church is always in God's presence. It's not just a building. The church is one building. No, the church is it's one church, but many locations. That's a universal church. You're just in the local congregation, but the church is universal. The church of Christ is universal. It's not like some of the denominational places that say one church, I heard a man say, one church, two locations. Well, what church is that? He's saying there's one church and two locations where he teaches his doctrine and not the doctrine of Christ. John says, don't be careful not to go beyond the doctrine of Christ. Because if you go beyond the doctrine of Christ, you have not the Son. If you have not the Son, you have not the Father. See, in some of these places, they believe, I know Jesus said forgive, Amen. but I ain't got to forgive everybody. That's where you're wrong. You can't live like that. Because unless you forgive, you can't be forgiven. And if you don't forgive people, you know what kind of horrible life? You'll be miserable, always mean and hold grudges all the time. God didn't intend for you to live that way. Forgiveness should flow freely. Don't waste your life over grudges over stuff you can't do nothing about. Don't waste your life like that. Because this stuff that folks have done to you, and they done gone on about their lives, ain't thinking twice about you. But wherever they are, they still have control over your joy, your happiness, your comfort, and your peace. Go on and forgive them. Let God forgive you. Forgive yourself. And go on, Lord. Because unless you forgive, it'll be the one who you can't stand. They get you gay trouble. Now what good is that? To, to go to hell behind hating somebody who you claim you couldn't stand anymore. Mm. Now that's silly. 
just silly. And it's stubborn. It's cantankerous and unnecessary. I don't want my soul to be lost. Don't lose your soul over foolishness. So, so, who are my mother and brothers? Those who hear the word and do it. Now, notice the Bible says, right after the word, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse uh, 6. It says, God's people are not people who do, who serve by eye service. They don't serve by eye service. What that means is, the Jews were, they are into looking right instead of being right. Yeah. He doesn't want people who are going to serve him just to look right and to yeah. look good and to put on yeah. a good show. That's not enough. That's why here we don't go to church. We realize we are the church. We come together to worship. Because if you can go to church, you can leave church. The Lord's people are always in his presence. And we're always to be serving him at all times and in every situation. You know why? Because when Jesus is working in your life, he's working at all times. Huh? Amen. Bible says in Hebrews 10, 36, that listen, you need endurance to do this. Those who obey God's will, it takes endurance. Those who are going to be in for the long haul. Because guess what? This thing, Christianity is not for the weak. Amen. And what I mean by that is, I'm not talking about depending on your physical strength. Because Paul said, see, in my weakness, thou art strong. It's not about your physical strength. You know when you're, you, you know when you're at your strongest? When you're at your weakest. When you, when you can admit that I can't handle it and I can't do it, and Jesus, I need you. That's when you're strong. That's why people can't, you know, this is a, or the, I, just, I just can't walk past that cupcake. That cupcake is just be calling me. <laughs> it's be right to my waistline. And I didn't just want to get in there. <laughs> well, see, if you try to quit eating cupcakes on your own strength, you're not going to make it. If you try to kick any hat, we anything. If you're trying to do it, by your own strength, it ain't going to happen. Until you give up and give over, fall on your knees and say, Jesus, I need you to deliver me. Romans 7, 21, who shall deliver me, a wretched man that I am? Until you say, Jesus, I want to do it for you, because I know you'll do it for me. Only then will you overcome. Not by being excited and emotional, putting on a good show, high service won't get it. You need endurance. That means you get in this thing. I'm in this thing for the long haul. Come hell or high water, I'm in. Bible also says in 1 Peter uh, uh, 4, verse 2, the prideful, see, see, the prideful won't serve God. The prideful are those who are still trying to stand on their own strength. As a matter of fact, let's read that real quick before we, before we uh, close out. 1 Peter. Let's go over there and read exactly what it says. But as I'm on the way, I'm going to read Hebrews uh, 10, 36. And the Bible says, the uh, Bible says here, I'm going to start at verse 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice what he says. After you've done the will of God, then you will receive the promise, right? And then he goes on to forget a little while, and he is coming, uh, he's coming and will come, and he will not tarry. Not now that the just shall live by faith. But if anybody, if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but those who believe uh, to, the, to the saving of the soul. Guess what? When you start it, ain't no turning back. The just shall live by Trust and adherence, I just, I just know. I, what God says, he's going to show up to you. Huh? Now, Ruth, you got that first Peter for me? You got that? First Peter uh, 4, verse 2. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, uh, I'll start at verse 1. It says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men. But for the will of God, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lewdness and lust and drunkenness and revelries and drinking parties and abominable idolatry. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not uh, that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also 
to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to the to the men of the flesh, but live according to God of the Spirit. We are here on earth, and guess what? Men are watching, and they're trying to see if this thing is going to work. See, people watch you. Not everybody's watching to see if you're going to fail. They're watching you to see if it works. Amen. If this Jesus thing works for you, then I know it will work for me. Paul said in the first Timothy chapter 1, he said, I was the chief of sinners. Amen. Nobody out here has done more sin than me. Amen. But if he can find mercy to save me, certainly he can save you. Huh? People are watching you closely. You sometimes get annoyed. Why they always watching me, Brother Bruford? You heard them talk like that. Why they watching me? Why they being so hard on me? Why they just watching everything that I say? Trying to look like they want to see me fall. Some people want to see you fall. But far more want to see you stand. So they can get out of the hole that they're in. Stop focusing so much on woe is me for I suffer. Why not say I glorify that he chose me to suffer for him, to stand and glorify him, that somebody else might be saved. When you go through something, guess what? We talk about it all the time. It may not always be for you, but you got to make it matter for somebody else. Amen. When you go through that stuff, don't throw it away and complain and cry. Package it up. Put it away. Keep it fresh in your memory about how God delivered you and make it medicine for somebody else. Right, so you can tell them how to get through. These are the ones who are God. These are Christ's true family. Right, and then you read, you read in verse, uh, verse John 2, verse 17, where the Bible simply says, Love not the world, nor the things in it, because everything in the world is perishing. Peter says, guess what? They're going to talk about you. Just, just, just get ready for that. People are going to talk about you. They wrote a long time ago, those who endeavor to live godly, they will be persecuted. These, Satan is not going to let you go easy either. If you have fallen and he's been holding on to you and you've been running well with him, working hard in his vision, you decide you want to get up out of your addiction, stop being what you were, I want to stop being a liar, stop being a drunk, stop being whatever I am. Yeah. You, you going to stand up and try to change? Satan's going to say, no, it's not happening that easy, bro. I got some stuff to trip you up with. And the moment you put it down, here they're going to call, hey, man, you know we're going to the, uh, what's the name? <laughs> you know, did you, you ain't forget, did you? Then before you know it, it's like, well, you know, let me just one more time. You know what I'm saying? Jesus won't mind about doing this one more time. Go ahead and do this thing. Let me tell you what it is. That's a dummy trap. Satan just set the trap. He let you watch him set the trap. And you step right in. And then got the nerve to hop when it hurts. The dummy trap. Huh? The moment, I'm telling you, somebody tell me I'm wrong. When the moment you think you're going to start forgiving folks, then somebody come and cuss you out. <laughs> huh? He's like, see, this is what I'm talking about. You can't do nothing right by people. There ain't none of them no good. Huh? The moment you start going to be patient. Patient. Everybody get on your nerves. <laughs> but what I need to think about is how many folks' nerves you getting on it. It's supposed to teach you something. See? It's supposed to teach you. See? see, you want to be a true child of God, it's those who are part of his family. It's a small place. It's not the easiest place to be by yourself. But with him, he makes it easier. He has all comfort and compassion in his hands. And he'll get you through his road. He'll make you a man. But you got to stay with it. You got to stay with it. Stay with it. Let me show you something. You walk with Jesus. Anything behind you is far less than everything that's in front of you. The stuff you leave pales in comparison to what Jesus has put in front of you. So watch who's looking back. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So when you get ready to make that decision, too, you, you know, people say, you know, you go tell them, you know, when I'm out, you know, I'm stopping the day. You know, you tell everybody, text them, you know, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Same shit right there, like, I got you. Because instead of announcing it, you ought to be, you know, where? Huh? Because then they show, so if you're not going in, you're not, so we would come by to get you. You're not going? 
I got your ticket. You, you, you gonna pay me that money back? Mahara, we was having a party at your house. We was going wild to the NBA. The finals is at your house and we got. What you mean? What did I say? That's what I mean. But didn't Jesus change water to what? What are you talking about? <laughs> that wine wasn't even alcoholic. It was barely out. Matter of fact, you would have had to drink gallons of that kind of wine to get anywhere close to drunk. Huh? So you, what you saying? What you hearing? <laughs> what you seeing? Sometimes you need to check with people. When they say what you're saying, ask them what they hear. Because they sometimes you say it and don't get translated well. So when they say what they hear, you explain it to them nicely. And say, this is how we say now. Huh? That's all Jesus is talking about. Stop being entitled. Because see, the Jewish people were entitled. They felt we're God's people. We're always going to be saved. What we were saved, we were always saved. Bible don't teach that. Because if it wasn't possible to fall away from salvation, there wouldn't be so many messages in the Bible about repent. Lest ye perish. What do you think it's there for? To keep you from being lost. So Jesus is calling. He says, I want you to be in this house. I know you might have grew up in one of these, but I want you to be in this one. And then you know how you get in this one? He says, I'm calling you from this house. And I'm telling you about how I live and how I die. Now, do you believe me? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But those who come to him must believe that he's a rewarder of those who give him to him. And when I say diligently speak, that means to speak him regardless. Huh? That means scratch and crawl to get to him. You understand? Huh? And look, well, I'm not trying to drag it out for y'all, but I just want you to understand this one point. I'm, I'm going to show you something. Everybody knew what I'm about to know. This morning I was watching TV, right? Watching this man preach on TV, right? Watch it. Same book, Mark chapter 3. Remember the man, Mark 3, remember the man goes to the synagogue and has a withered hand, right? Amen. He had a withered hand. He came in and remember all the Pharisees were watching him to see what he was going to do because they wanted to catch Jesus in something. Right? He came in with a withered hand. Now, so the preacher on the TV said this. He said, see, you got to understand that, see, God is about to restore everything in your hand. See, and so the man, in order to be restored, he had to just reach out his hand. Just reach out his hand. Because Jesus said, reach out. Now, we already studied what that meant, right? Because, <laughs> uh, see, the Pharisees were trying to catch him working on the Sabbath. So Jesus, being who he was, he said, I'm going to catch y'all, but I'm not going to do anything. Because usually Jesus, when he healed people, he put his hands on them. But see, if they, he put his hands on them, they said, we got you. You're working on the Sabbath. He said, so I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to show you how this thing really works. He said, son, put out your hand. Now he put it on the man. Do you want to be healed? Now make a decision to be healed. Reach out your hand. Right? And the man said, you know what? See, uh, the preacher said, he's going to restore. See, I mean, God is willing to restore anything. This is um, this is the truth. Take aim. Put it on me. He said, "Now I know this person I've been here, but look, y'all just trust me." See, that's the first problem. I gotta trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I need to trust the Bible. But he said, "Put your hand on me." Now I want you to think of all the things you're going through. You're your messed up finances. How you broke. How you don't have stuff. How you need food. All that stuff. Think about how you're out of a job. All right. Now you reach up here and do this. He said, now what I want you to do, put your hand on your head. We got there and do this. Thank you, Brother Henry. He said, put your hand on your head and do it again. Three times, right? And he said, now that lets you know that whatever your thought was, if you was broke, had no job, or whatever it is, that you just put it in your hand, you handed it to Jesus, and he's going to restore it. That sounds good, don't you? It's a lie. You know why it's a lie? Because there's nothing in your mind that God doesn't already know. He knows what you need already. Then he said, the woman with the issue of blood, he said, remember that woman? How she was bleeding like that? She was an outcast. He said, let me show you what she did. She went to crawling, and she knew that she could be restored. She didn't have.
have to touch Jesus. All she needed to do was touch his garment. She needed right. to touch something that was connected to Jesus. She right. knew if she could touch something connected to him, she could be healed. So right. you don't have to touch Jesus, just touch something that's connected with him. Right. Then he says, so this television program that I'm on is connected to Jesus. So send your checks and money to <laughs> this program because it's connected to Jesus. But what, she, what he meant is this. The power wasn't in the hill of his garment. The power was in Jesus. Amen. And the fact that she trusted that if she just could reach him, any part of it, it didn't even have to be in him of his garment. Yeah. But my garment that you touched has healed you. No, but he said, woman, your faith has healed you. Her faith was so deep and fervent that when all those people pressed around him, Jesus said, somebody touched me. Amen. Can you imagine the apostles saying, what you mean somebody touched you? You see all these people out here, Jesus? Everybody touching you. But Jesus said, no, somebody true touched me. Because I felt the power of me. Huh? Huh? Then, standing out here talking about Jesus come to me. That ain't going to get you where God wants you to be. He said, you got to come to me. They said, take one step toward me, I'll take two towards you. Come to me. Draw unto me. Draw nigh unto me, and I shall draw nigh unto you. The thing is, God is always reaching out to you. We did not always reach out to him. He's waiting. Why won't you come? You know what you need. Why won't you come? And I don't care what, how long your list is, the answer is, Brother Paul, Jesus. Amen. He's got it. Do you want it? Huh? Don't stand out there in these places entitled, because guess what? If they had stood outside the ark and said, I believe, but didn't get in the boat, dead. If they had stood on the banks of the Red Sea and said, I believe, but didn't cross, dead. You can say you believe all day, but you got to demonstrate it, exercise it by stepping out on faith, knowing that no matter what it is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, Jesus will carry you through. Because when they crossed the Red Sea, all the sin was washed away. That's Amen. why you have to have time, you see. There's some who teach that you don't have to be baptized. That's a lie. When they pierced Jesus in the side, what came out? He was showing that the old way and the new way come together. And you need to go into the water to come in contact with the blood, First John chapter 1. And it's the blood that cleanses you from all sin. That blood, now you're bound. To Jesus. You understand that? Anybody want to put on Jesus today? Anybody want to put on Jesus today? Wash all your sins away and be resurrected a Christian, a true child of God, added to his body. You got to hear it, believe it, repent. See, we know Noah believed it because we know Noah believed it because he built according to what God said. Amen. We know he repented because guess what? He was doing something else before God called it, but then he changed and started building the ark. And he, he was saved when he got on the ark. The Old yeah. Testament ark is what the New Testament ark is. The church of Jesus Christ. You got to get in the church. You got to get in the church. There's no salvation outside of it. Amen. Get in Jesus. You know why? Because Ephesians 1 Colossians says Jesus heads the body, which is the church. Amen. The church is the body, and the body is the church. You want salvation? Get in the church. Why would you come here, lay down the seat, and leave here with all the seat? Plus, God telling you, you know I try to save you. Give your life over to him. Let him take it all away. Be baptized for remission of sins, and you'll be added to his body, because you can't join the Lord's church. You can't join this church. Amen. You have to be added, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 47, by his hand, through obedience to his word. He'll add you to the body. You'll be raised to walk in the newness of life, and guess what? You may not be able, you know, nobody's going to stop saying, well, I ain't going to be perfect, but he didn't ask you to be perfect. Well, he said, let me perfect you. The job of perfecting is Jesus' job. Amen. He does the perfecting, Amen. not you. Amen. But use the other definition of the word perfect, which is to complete. Let me complete you and mature you. Let me show you how to forgive folks and stop holding on to petty matters. Because even Christians, Christians, if you're doing that, even though you're a Christian, you're lost right where you sit. If you still hold a grudge, you're lost. So become a Christian. Christians, if you haven't been walking, if you're not down in the house, you know, in, in, in the sense of the time, Jesus says, confess those things. 
And Jesus and God will blot out all those sins and give you moments of refreshing full of love in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 17 says there's a time when God winked his man, winked that man's statement, but now that man has been everywhere to repent. Luke 13 says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Why? Because you never know what death lies. You think? You think when the folks started running in Boston, they knew they were going to be dead? They thought they were coming out doing the best thing for their health. Amen. And it was the last race they ran. Amen. If I got to die that way, let me at least be in the Christian race. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, laying aside every weight that it encompasses me so that I may run in this race for deliverance. You know way you got to come to Jesus? You want Jesus? I guarantee I put my life on you right now. That if you give your life to Jesus, he'll make it better. I bet my life on you. And it's not a joke. This is not no shouting and hollering and trying to pull on a show. I'm telling you, I put my life on it that Jesus will make it better. Stop believing in people who say it's not your destiny to be lacking or, or, or without. Guess what? As a Christian, sometimes you're going to have some low moments. But Paul said, in Jesus, I learned that whether I'm poor or rich, I can be content. Because I'm still in Christ Jesus. Get in Jesus. And stop holding on to this word. He's calling. Won't somebody come on down to the house? Stop expecting Jesus to come to you. Because even when he called Zacchaeus, notice, when he came into the city, he said, Zacchaeus, come down. Amen. Today, I'm coming to your house. Amen. And Zacchaeus, the little man, doesn't come down. Jesus never makes it to his house. What do you mean to come down? That means to get down on your knees. Humble yourself and allow him to come into your house. Is anybody want Jesus today? Anybody repent of sin and ask for his presence? You have that opportunity. You have it right now. Right now. He's made a way for us. He's made a way. Just come while we stand.